This is the Pink Floyd Fellas, featuring your fellas Pete and PJ, leading you through the journey of the world's most popular progenitors of progressive psychedelic rock, Pink Floyd. And this is Pete, and you're drumming away with Nicky Mason on the cans. And this is PJ, and I was playing guitar for some of it, along nice. with David Gilmore. <laughs> Little Davy Fingers. <laughs> I couldn't remember what we called that's him. That's his, yeah, that's his ridiculous nickname we have written down here. They're all, well, three of them. The quote-unquote good ones all have names of a kind. We have Davey, Nikki, Ricky, and then fucking Raj over there in the corner. Raj. Yeah. What a loser. Yeah. What an asshole. What are we going to call him, Raji? I don't think so. No, no, you can't call him Raji. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. Okay. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. Welcome uh, back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. If if you all are longtime listeners, which I have to assume you are because I can't. Why would you I, start here? Exactly. Yeah, why would you start with Pink Floyd? They're the fourth. Wait, how many groups did we do in the 27 Club? Like six, yeah. let's say. They're the uh, ninth best group <laughs> we've covered on this show. <laughs> so why would you start here? Um, eh, arguable. I think they're maybe about head to head with the Rolling Stones at the moment, but um, I don't know about that. Anyway, so but if you remember all the way back to the 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 uh, the days of the Beach Boys, boys, mm-hmm. uh, when we were in person across a table in PJ's house, and we were recording from such locations as the beach in Anaheim, Disney World. Or, I mean, Disneyland. Excuse me. It's been a while, Pete. It hasn't yeah, been that long. Disneyland though. and the table next to the kitchen at Olive Garden. Then you know that we used to take what was called a summer break. Uh, back back when we had lives that that made sense for. We also took a summer break during the Stone Studs. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, that and is I right. Think yeah, yeah, probably yeah. During, no, we, we didn't necessarily we take did. a break for the 27 Club. No, we rolled right through the summer, I'm pretty sure. I don't think we rolled through the summer per se. I think we... No, maybe we did. Anyhow, summer breaks are a long-standing tradition here <laughs> yeah. at the at the Beach Boys Boys Podcast Network. Yeah. And um, so we're just continuing that now with the Pink Floyd fellas. It's This time it was unannounced. I believe all the other times we've tried to give you a heads up beforehand. We absolutely did. This time... This time, life just got in the way all of a sudden, and you know what? Sometimes you just got to have a goddamn summer break. That's what so, I've always said. We took some time off to reconsider our position mm-hmm. on Pink Floyd. Well, you know, really, I felt like before the break, Pete, we were kind of just two guys talking, right? We weren't really sure. doing anything cohesive together as a podcast. And so I think we needed this time off to become more simpatico, more True. together, more of a podcast than just two guys with microphones. That's right. We did go to a podcaster retreat together. Um, it was in the beautiful country north of San Francisco, California. Uh, it was at a nudist resort. Um, I don't know. It didn't seem like many other people brought as much equipment as we did. No. Like, PJ brought all of his equipment and, like, a bunch of field recording yeah. stuff. Because we Pull were really mics. assuming it was going to be a lot of, like, how to record, yeah. how to publish a podcast, how to figure out how to host the podcast on your own website right. without having to pain. If someone still could email us about that, that'd be great. We, we would We would really love to know. 
how to get Spotify to not delist your podcast for using songs, even though you're commenting on them, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Um, Joe Rogan was leading it, of course, so we had to go. Joe Rogan and Conan together. Yeah. It was kind of a, it was a pairing. Sarah Koenig so, was supposed to be there, but she bowed out at the last minute. I think once it became clear it was at a nudist retreat, uh, not everyone was super comfortable showing up. Yeah. Uh, that actually, then we realized we were just getting a screaming deal because we were getting a twofer. Because PJ and I vacation at a nudist resort uh, every year anyway with all our with all our extended families. So yeah. Um, the big so we just got to kind of fold it in. Called. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's that's what we're doing for your bachelor party, right? Oh yeah. A nude a nude cruise. So um, a n- nude dudes on a cruise. Oh, there's something there. That's a TV show. Let me write. Man, this talk down. about talk about uh, sweet life on the cruise. <laughs> on the cruise boat what about new dudes on a cruise they should you know what let's bring back jake and josh yeah uh josh i believe is hitting it big time by being featured in the movie oppenheimer by christopher nolan and uh about robert oppenheimer by the way oh and his nickname robbie oh fits right in it does no one called him robbie the robot the whole time and i call bullshit because a lot of it was set during the 50s how the hell could no one say robbie oppenheimer like robbie the robot from that famous television program, Lost in Space? That sounds right. I used to be old enough to definitely know that reference when we were on the Beach Boys Boys, but yeah. now I am a man of a normal age, and I can only guess at TV shows. From yeah, we're really Benjamin Buttoning. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I will bring up this reboot, the big new cruise dudes, um, with uh, my inside guy. He is nice. striking right now. He okay, wanted sure. to. It's Young Sheldon. I'm sure. just gonna say it. It's Young sure. Sheldon. Um, yeah. He wanted to scab, but uh, right. He just. He's too powerful in the industry. If he did it, everybody else would do it. You know. Yeah. He's got That's the industry fair. by the balls. Yeah. They paid him a lot of money to go strike. Ironically. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. It's very interesting. But yeah, I think Young Sheldon would be the perfect person to head up new dudes on a cruise. Yeah. Um. You know, he's really got, like, the look-to-camera thing down, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for those kinds of gags. I think so, too. So, those yeah, kind of gags like, and, like, ball gags and other kinds yeah. of – lots of gags. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, anyhow, so we ended up at this retreat, nude, nude resort, podcaster retreat. It turns out, I think, like, we must have just been in a different section of the retreat or something. I didn't see Joe or Conan one second that yeah. we were there. And it wasn't, and then as well, like, it it felt like a lot more about just getting to know other people and hang out naked rather than learn about podcasting. Like, people thought we were weird for having our yeah. microphones out and trying to make a podcast the whole time. And then when we explained to them that we weren't filming, we were just recording audio. Right, yes, they that, said, we almost got kicked calling? out the first day yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, yeah, they, they did not mind the recording equipment after we explained, but they thought we were shooting one of those uh, British television um, documentaries from like the early 2000s where it's like, nudism, is it the new cancer? You know, like one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So the thing though that, uh, so anyway, I mean, it was still great. We got, um, oh, it was a great, we got to know each other better, you know, like we got to kind of reconnect. So I really think we're going to be firing on all cylinders here yeah. talking about the Floyd but um, it really we we forgot our towels, and so that honestly that really sucked because we just got to 
Our butts were just sweaty the whole time. And and they didn't let us sit on the nice couches. Yeah. Because our sweaty butts would get them all sweaty. We had to sit on the brown couches. If you yeah, know what I exactly. Mean. They said, yeah, the couches for people who forget their towels. So you can imagine all of the sweaty butts that have sat on those. Yeah. It was no good. And you know what, PJ? Probably, like, sweaty buttholes. I know that they said Harvey Weinstein had been there before, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. His must have been the big impression on the couch. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That's Harvey's. <laughs> you kept hearing that every t- every time we'd walk around. That's Harvey's. They really love him in the news community. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, they didn't seem aware of any of the allegations. It was strange. But, uh, anyway, so now we're back, and we're back recording about Pink Floyd. Um, hey, PJ. Did we do it? Did we do a bit for the first time in like three years on this show? I think we did. Did we just do a bit? And we didn't even Fuck. plan it. Yes. 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 I'll Nathan, Austin, Joe, get your fucking laptops out. Beachboysboys at gmail.com. I want emails that are just applause emojis. Like 5,000 yeah. applause emojis. That's all we need. I wanted to crash my computer. There's so many applause emojis. Just incredible. Yes. Yes. Gmail needs to say you are almost out of storage because there's so many applause emojis in your inbox. Fuck yeah. God damn that. so good. good. So we're done, right? I think so. I mean, like, that's the episode. Obscured by Clouds. uh, It's 7 out of 10 for me. What do you want to give it? I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. We're, We're pretty much in agreement. So that has been the Pink Floyd fellas. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us. Like I said, you can email at beachboysboys at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our other podcast also on summer break right now, fake bands, real music. And, uh, I think that's it. So PJ, I'll, I'll catch you on the other side of that moon. Yeah. And I'll see you on the other side of that rainbow. Perfect. Bye-bye. Well, welcome back to the show, everybody. <laughs> Got you we there. That's two, PJ, that's two bits we did in one show. <laughs> oh, my God. And now, yes. we, now we can end the show, Pete. Yes. I think that's the show. <laughs> I think we're done. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's been Pink Floyd, fellas. Uh, so, Obscured by, yeah, talked about Obscured by Clouds. We'll hit you up with Dark Side of the Moon next week. Email us at beachboysboys at gmail.com and... Uh, Listen to our other podcast, Fake Bands Real Music. That's coming back from summer break real soon, too. Yeah. I've been uh, PJ. PJ. I've been Pete. I'll see you on the other side of that moon, PJ. And I'll see you on the other side of that rainbow, Pete. We fucking got your asses again. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, shit. PJ, is that three? Oh, my God. We, we just did on this show. <laughs> So
So, welcome back to the Pink Floyd, <laughs> fellas. We're we're back talking about Pink Floyd. We took a weird time for a break. I feel like it would have made a lot of sense to do it like right before Dark Side, maybe. Yeah. Because it's kind of the you know end of an era. But actually, weirdly, obscured by clouds, really fits in with Dark Side of the Moon, uh, which we'll talk we'll about talk a about little it. bit this yeah. week. But next week, it's I will actually probably talk about Obscured by Clouds a, a weirdly large amount when we talk about Dark Side of the Moon. Um, so, but back back with our our Pink Floyd uh, boys, and while we were gone, uh, like quite a while ago, I think in May, uh, we had a little bit of Pink Floyd news. <laughs> Welcome to Pink Floyd News. Uh, kind of fitting, I think, to have an instrumental written and performed by the two childhood friends, Roger Waters and Sid Barrett, uh, yeah. when Roger Waters is really is the, the main focus of our Pink Floyd News. So back on May 26, 2023, mm-hmm. uh, well, uh, I shouldn't say that. It was earlier than that. This is when the story I'm reading uh came out but in in late may uh of this year roger waters was performing in berlin and for some reason pulled out a uh section of the concert where he and other people put on nazi uniforms oh cool (laughs) and had a whole thing about actual nazi uniforms or the ones that he has been using no yeah like the ones that just look like nazi uniforms but technically aren't but they are you know yeah (laughs) That's like being like, but he's, are they like really Nazis or are they like kind of not Nazis? Cause yeah. they're slightly different. <laughs> I just had to ask. Um, yes. So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, he wore a black trench coat with red armbands and everything. Uh, and then other people wore costumes that were supposed to look like Nazi soldiers. He shot a prop machine gun into the audience. Cool. That's a fun thing to do in today's political climate. Yeah, to fake and in shoot today's a gun. yeah climate of shootings at concerts. That's yeah, yeah. Ar- I heard Ariana Grande was pissed about it. Um, well, she's canceled, and hey, speaking so. of modern Nazis, the Queens of the Stone Age. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so but it was a bigger deal because he's done this for a long time. Like when we get to the Wall, we'll talk about it. There's some Nazi iconography in that movie. Yeah. Um, he's always claimed that it's supposed to be critical of fascism but it's arguable um yeah jake told me he has a lot to talk to you about on that so yeah no when jake comes on the show we'll for sure yeah have a nice long conversation um and so anyway so he got in a lot of hot water for that and it's it is kind of weird i I mean because like he definitely got in more trouble because it was in berlin which germany has pretty strict rules about nazi uh, iconography Exactly. And so, like, the police are looking into it and all that, and, like, he might get, you know. Here's a fun classic rock fact. Uh, Kiss had to change their name on the posters in Germany because the... Oh, the SS is very similar to the logo of the SS. Yeah. Interesting. That's wild. That makes sense. What'd they change it to? Just Kiff? Yeah. They they just changed their name. What? They did change it to something funny, actually. I forget what it was. Let's look it up. Kiss Germany... Uh, poster? I don't know. They spelled it with Z's, it looks like. Okay, I was going to say there's a band 
Kiss German concert poster of just it being regular. Yeah, I believe. Okay, this poster, interestingly, so yeah, this is June 1980 in Hamburg, banned by the West German government because of the SS logo in Kiss's name. Uh, and it says at the top, the American supergroup, to which I say, what Pardon? did they were they previously in that formed into Kiss? <laughs> I guess they're just meaning that they're like a super, you know, yeah, a super different, I guess. space group. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, it looks like they... Interesting. Honestly, they kind of changed it to look more like the fucking SS logo in these. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's weird. So, anyway, so Raj in a little bit of hot water. Once again, this guy just can't keep out of controversy. It's incredible. Actually, it did spur, because I, I think we've mentioned it before on the show, that he becomes a controversial figure, even outside of breaking up the band, essentially. Right. Um, but I, I didn't know tons about it. I knew kind of vaguely stuff that he'd done. Uh, but So I did a little more reading on it. I still think we'll hold off till Jake gets here and then also when it happens in real time in the show to kind of talk about it more. Yeah. But suffice to say, he's basically the original, like, YouTube rabbit holer, but from, like, the 80s of being like, yeah, but did you actually know that maybe, like, the Nazis did some interesting stuff? I'm not saying they're good, but they, like, did some interesting stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he's that kind of guy where he's trying to poke and prod. And and then when people say, you know, it's kind of offensive to, like, call that out, though, he's like, but why? Why is it offensive? Oh, so he's, who like, makes it offensive? my fiancé's <laughs> best friend's boyfriend who I have to talk to Yeah, sometimes. exactly. So, and, but very famous. Yeah, so for some reason. It's a lot of time to talk about it, so. Anyway, so that is our Pink Floyd news. So thanks, Roger, keeping keeping us current, man. I love it. You're a good guy, Rog. Yeah. Does that bring us to our next segment, Pete? It does, and I actually forgot we have two more segments. So would, do we want to do serious XM chat first oh, or listener mail first? Let's do, let's do XM chat. Yeah. Let's let's end on a high note with listener mail. This is me walking down to the serious XM store and paying for my membership every every month in a little sack of coins. This should have been our theme. We talked about it for a long time. Kind of ironic for a podcast that we lose money on. True. Particularly. <laughs> and we lose time on. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. Wow, this Dark Side of the Moon thing might have some stuff to say. Does it sync up to our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Welcome to Sirius XM Chat. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, a minute. It's been long enough that we don't have uh, a theme song for it yet on Pink Floyd, fellas. Yeah. So. For everyone who's worried out there, yes, I still subscribe to Sirius XM. Yes, I still listen to it every time I'm in my car. Well. And I love it. Your shared car with your wife. PJ, you know what's really fucked up in this cut-controlled America? I think the car's technically in her name. Oh, so every time you're it's in your wife's car. It's not even my car. Every time I'm in my wife's car. Can you even imagine Don Draper saying such a thing? La, 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 it's la, la, la. I can't It's hear you. laughable. <laughs> His wife's car. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, do you remember the scene in that show when he goes to the Jaguar dealership and wants to test drive one? 
and they say, uh, no thanks, sir, we don't really test drive. And then he writes a check for the purchase price of the car and is like, you can just cash this if I don't bring it back. Mm-hmm. That's a good scene. It's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so uh, this summer, while we were on break, Sirius XM instituted a Beach Boys channel. Oh, yep. Shit. So, longtime listeners will remember from the Rolling Stone studs, which is when Sirius XM chat started. Uh, from the Rolling Stone studs, Mike Love used to be a DJ, I believe, on 60s on 6, if I remember correctly. That would make sense. Um, before it was moved to 60s gold, uh, hashtag bring 60 back to 6. And uh, that's actually, I'm starting a change.org petition for that too, three years after it happened. Um,. <laughs> Uh, back when it was actually 60s on 6 before Sirius XM ruined it. They just took the money, PJ. They took the cash grab. They didn't even care about people in their 60s. <laughs> anyway, so, and we talked about at the time how uh, maybe Mike Love shouldn't be a DJ on Sirius yeah. XM. <laughs> Although there is a Barstool Sports channel on Sirius XM, so they're obviously, they don't care. Nobody knows what's going on. No. Um, which, speaking of controversy, if people don't know, Mike Love is a famous Republican asshole who was, like, really good friends with Ronald Reagan and at least voted for Donald Trump. Hung out not, with him. Was not friendly with him. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't quite remember. But I know, yeah, he and Bruce Johnston, I'm pretty sure, were at the White House with for both Reagan and Donald Trump. Yeah. So. And I'm sure the Bushes, but they're less awful, at least in my opinion. So. Anyway. Um... So, the Beach Boys channel on Channel 104 is pretty good. No Mike Love DJing. Good. They didn't bring him back, good. thankfully. They did play a weird amount of sound bites of him talking about songs, which I I want to think are just clips from him DJing that they, like, own the rights to and are just replaying. But they played it more like interview style, where it's like, here, Mike Love's thoughts on The Shift. And then yeah. he would talk about, yeah, so there was this dress that they used to wear, man, these girls... And it was like just such a, a sexy little dress. So we decided, hey, we need guys. We need to. And these are they're talking about themselves like sophomores in high school. Guys, we need to write a song about this dress. And we did, and people loved it. So that's my Mike Love impression. It's kind of half Trump. Um, they're kind of the same guy though. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he really does. When he wears the hat, he almost looks just exactly like Donald Trump. Yeah. They have the same like skin tone and almost the same hair and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, so, but it, it, good, like, in a lot of deep cuts, it's, I think the first day that I listened to it, there was a song that I had to double check what album it was on, was how deep they were going. Um, then they also did play Pet Sounds constantly, so, you know, but like, even, you know, The Shift, I think, counts as a deep cut, actually. That's a very easily. deep cut. So, yeah, so, anyway, I think, here, I wanted to... I wanted this to happen, PJ, or I wanted to test this for you. So I'm going to play on my phone just because this doesn't work if you look up the song. Okay. But I was going to play the song that I could not identify. So I'll play it for you and tell you the name of the song. And I want you to guess what album it's off of. You might know. Oh, but I have a fun story about this after this game. Oh, I thought you were going to say, oh, I'm going to guess the album before we even start. (laughs) Which would be funny. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm ready. The song title is Hold On, Dear Brother. This is 
when Blondie Chaplin and uh, Ricky Gervais were in the band. Yeah, you got further. Ricky Fatar, you got further than I did. Yeah. Because um, it kind of sounds like Carl singing to me, too. I think he's in there. I think it's him and Blondie. No, because I remember liking this song. This is from... It's not... Sunflower. It's what? It's the one after that. It's whatever's after that. Or no, it's two after Co- that. It's, uh, Carl, it's Carl and the Passions. So tough. But yeah, that was one where I really was going, what the fuck is this song? Like, yeah. not only do I not really recognize, but then they were, I mean, they were going deep enough to playing like, you know, demo versions off like the Sounds of 67 or whatever that giant compilation album was yeah. around Wild Honey and like, so they, it was, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good channel for the summer. Hmm. Um, so. so speaking of Beach Boys Deep Guts, Paul d- was guest hosting trivia at a, um, cider house in town nice and uh one of the i think that if people want to know what paul's like outside of the show if they're listeners to fake bands real music if they're listeners of this show and they remember him from his many uh scintillating guest appearances Mm -hmm. i think that one sentence sums up paul (laughs) pretty well pretty good yeah yeah um and he one of the rounds uh the theme was vegetables Nice. And he asked, "What album is the song Vegetables' by the Beach Boys on?" Do you? It's kind of dangerous. Do you know this? Because I. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Vegetables. It's off. Uh, Smiley Smile. Yes. So technically, although it's also technically off Smile. And this is what I said. I said technically it's on two, Paul, because yeah, I was going to say you're opening yourself up to a can of worms there, my friend. But my friend, I got it confused with Mama says. Um, so you're thinking of the version on Smile, which combines is so them good, into one song. Yeah. yeah, and so I, like a fucking snobby little douche, was like, mm, Paul, technically, that's off of two albums. Oh, see, that's interesting. For and some then, reason, I didn't but, realize the Smile version was just called Mama says. I had put, um, Wild Honey. As the album yeah, that it's it on, because like I got him confused, huh? because yeah. I was thinking Mama Says, and then, like, a snarky yeah. asshole, I was like, it's actually on two, and then he said, yeah, you yeah. didn't get either of them right, though, and I was like, I know, <laughs> but I knew that, that's er, really funny, because I thought it was on Wild Honey and Smiley Smile, but right. it's off of Smile and Smiley Smile, which I felt yeah. like a fucking moron, everybody made fun of me. Very confusing. Man, Smiley Smile, I gotta go back and re-listen to Smiley Smile, I forgot about Little Pad, ooh, what a fun song. <laughs> Gotta go to my little pad. I just need them to whisper in my ear about their little pads. Yeah. Uh, what is funny is that that, that thing, I re-listened to Carl and the Passion, so tough. And, man, there's like four amazing songs on there, and then everything else oh, is such blows, hot it blows. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. But the songs that are good are so fucking good. All right. That has been Sirius XM Chat. All right. On to... It's awfully considerate of you to think of me here. Listener May. All right, so we do have a piece of listener mail. Uh, This is very old. This honestly, this listener mail could almost—it couldn't be older. I don't think if we tried. Um, It's really incredible how old it is. Uh, But we're on a break, as they say in that TV show I never watched, Seinfeld. Um, that one might be Dharma and Greg. Yeah. 
Um, so it is from Nathan, uh, our our pseudo intern, and I do remember the context of this. On a previous episode, we asked Nathan, and we just referenced it. We asked Nathan, our again pseudo intern, to um, let us know how to move our how to self host our podcast. <laughs> Uh, and Nathan wrote to be, to to the Beach Boys Boys at gmail.com and support at soundcloudmail.com. <laughs> no, he cc'd it. <laughs> he cc'd SoundCloud. Greetings, Pink Floyd fellas. You have called on me as your intern to figure out how to move your podcast off SoundCloud. Here's a shaky YouTube video showing how to switch from SoundCloud to Spotify. Okay, don't know if that'll be helpful, but thank you. I'll watch it. In another, like, three months, let's say. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a while. Uh, and then links to another th- uh, SoundCloud uh, help page. This is an alternate way, if you'd prefer, as well. And the, it looks like the URL, it says, redirecting your RSS feed to another host. And then he said, I'm looping in SoundCloud to support into the email as well, in case they have anything else to add. Thanks, Nathan, Beach Boys Boys production intern. Uh, <laughs> P.S. I've really enjoyed listening through Pink Floyd's discography. So far, I've enjoyed more Adam Hartmother, Metal, and Obscured by Clouds. Can't wait to listen to the rest. Well, Nathan, usually I'd get mad at you for spoiling a future album, but it's perfect because we read this on the Obscured by Clouds yeah. episode. So that's fantastic. I'm surprised anyone could have enjoyed Adam Hartmother. So we'll have Adam to have you Hartmother. write back in. We'll have to have you write back in and and tell us what is decent about it. Although I did come across a Reddit thread the other day when I was looking for stuff about Obscured by Clouds where people were arguing, not arguing, but going back and forth about how, actually, Adam Hartmother's pretty great. Oh, must have been and on was, the like, incel forum. No, yeah. But anyway. So, Nathan, first of all, you you rule, Nathan. You, you're fantastic. You get it. Um, thank you for the help. We will, like I said, we'll get on it at some point. <laughs> It's been Maybe. two months, but <laughs> or no, it's only been like six weeks. That's yeah. not terrible. Um, or maybe we'll just keep spending that ten dollars a month. Yeah, maybe we'll keep doing that too. Um, it's not really the ten dollars a month though. It's the if we take a break and we're not recording, or if we just decide to stop the show, we don't want to have to pay in perpetuity. Yeah. We just want to, like, we want it to still exist out there, even if we. That's quit why doing we've the kept show. the show going. Exactly. That's the only reason we keep recording. Obviously, our hearts are clearly not in it anymore. I don't know. We did three bits, Pete. <laughs> That's tr- Yo, you know what? We're done. <laughs> I think we've done enough. Let's end the show. <laughs> All right. PJ, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Pink Floyd Fellas. Uh, you can email us at beachboysboys at gmail.com. And uh, you can listen to our other show, Fake Bands Real Music, once that comes back from summer break. Yeah. I've been PJ. I've been Pete. See you on the other side of that moon, PJ. And I'll see you on the other side of that ring. Wait, so are we just ending the whole show, or are we just ending the uh, listener mail section? Because <laughs> we were playing Jug Band Blues. I don't <laughs> so know. A little confused. Both? Oh, okay. All right. We ended everything. <laughs> That's just the song Perfect. that was pulled up on my Spotify. Gotcha. 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 Um, so that has been listener mail. Stop making that noise. Fucking hey. It only does it sometimes.
All right, so let's, uh, PJ, let's go ahead and jump into talking about Pink Floyd. Oh, wow. That's what we're, that's what we're here to do. It's been so long, man. I know. So when we laughed last, when we last had a laugh when we about used Pink to laugh. Floyd. <laughs> when we used to laugh about Pink Floyd. Um, we left them off uh, with their release, Metal, which I think we both agreed is probably some of their the best least, work so far. Uh, but also the least metal album I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, they did spell it wrong, so I guess it works. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, we both gave it a 7 out of 10. Definitely, I think, our best rating and the best like cumulative rating. Um, maybe not more, though. More might have gotten a good rating. Anyway. So the band clearly are back into their creative bag, as one would say, and are interested in making music again and not just weird sounds of the kitchen or uh, making breakfast or household objects. So they start working on, and this is where there's going to be a little tie-in between the next two episodes, they start working on this suite that Roger Waters has written lyrics for and they've written music for together. It includes a song we talked about uh, that was almost on a previous soundtrack, Us and Them, mm-hmm. and some other music. And so they start working on this suite that's all about these sweeping themes of humanity and death and, you know, living in the world and what that is like and kind of the death of innocence and all this sort of stuff. Themes such as, PJ, time. Themes such as money. Themes such as Us and Them. Mm-hmm. Themes such as Great Gigs in Skies. These kinds of core human themes are going to be talked about on this album. Do they just talk about which one pink is? So they will get to that later uh, on. Okay. Yeah, it's the climax of the show. It's going to be hard to keep going on this show after we get to that, but they yeah. do address that, so be patient. Be patient. Um, so they start working on that. Uh, metal really inspired them, kind of got them back on track in this balance of like writing interesting music that's not just long noise and experimental sections but But you know how much i love that though p exactly but they kind of figured out on metal again how to marry that into like longer songs and more thematic work that ties together even if it's distinct songs kind of like what pj's been saying they should do the whole time basically weird yeah crazy (laughs) yeah so they start working on that but in the middle of all of their touring and starting recording um, they're mostly working it through live, by the way, on lots of tours, which is really the only way that Pink Floyd stay a band until uh, their next album comes out. It's just, just by constantly touring. Yeah. It's probably the fan that I have pointed right at me because it's very hot in the room. No, I hear talking oh, okay. is what it is. Oh, oh, okay. Um, which is really the only way they make money in this era because their albums, they sell fine in Europe, but nothing special, and they have zero presence in the United States. That sounds right. Um, Yeah. So they get a call from an old friend, PJ. Do you remember, PJ, do you remember the movie More that you loved so much? And you loved so much that you thought, you know, I should check out this soundtrack because I kind of liked a couple of these ditties. Yeah, it's by that. led you down the rabbit hole of Pink Floyd. It's by that Italian feller? Uh, I believe like Belgian Ah, that Belgian I forget exactly. Uh, His name is Barbet Schroeder. Yeah. Um, Sounds German to me. And yeah, it does it maybe Austrian, something like that. Yeah, it's not one of the big ones. It's not one that Roger would get in trouble for wearing a Nazi uniform (laughs) in. Let's say that. (laughs) (laughs) 
he would get he would get some stern some stern talking tos, but no police yeah. action. I don't think. <laughs> so Swiss. anyway, He's Swiss. Swiss. Okay, very close. We are like every country around Switzerland. Um, okay, perfect. So their old friend Barbet Schroeder rings him up and says, "Hey guys, I'm working on my second movie, and you did such a bang up job with my first one. Why That's don't true. you soundtrack the second one?" So he had them work on his soundtrack for his film La Vallée, uh, which I think is French for the valley. Uh, I didn't look that up. I'm making that up Wait, right now. Give me I'm one second. All right. You know he's Swiss. Maybe it's in La Swiss, whatever that language valley. is. Yeah, it's Fuck called yours. the valley. In um, I just looked up Barbara Schroeder and oh yeah, okay, La Vallée. Um, it it came up with a uh, an American um, cover for it that just says the Valley, nineteen seventy two. Nice. So he he asked them to do the soundtrack. They say yes, and they do basically the exact same thing they did for more. If you remember, for more, they flew. They all met uh, at some recording studio in London. Uh, he came in with the rough cut of the movie. They watched it, timed it out, decided kind of what they wanted to do, and then recorded everything in two weeks, sent him on his way. They had the soundtrack done. So he uh, brings out the movie. They do the rough cut, all that shit. They end up recording at a um, at a recording studio in France instead of in London. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, let me just real quick. The movie itself, not that it really matters, but we did talk about this with more. The movie, the basic plot is about this woman who lives in Australia. She goes on some trip to New Guinea, runs into this whole crowd of hippies who are trying to find this, like, lost area in New Guinea where no white people have ever been, and they think it'll be some cool hippie thing. They get there and find an aboriginal tribe that they fall in with, I think, essentially. <laughs> probably do lots of drugs i'm guessing uh and then uh continue their search for this mythical like eden called la vallee which is obscured by clouds they say you cannot see it this movie sounds so, like horseshit by the way yeah it doesn't sound great it, do, it does sound worse than more and more by a lot sound particularly yeah. good so anyway so but the band thinks you know what this is going to be the next 2001 a space odyssey we better get in on this <laughs> just kidding so um <laughs> so they start recording in february 72 uh and the album needed to be or the movie was coming out in june and so they did not have any time so under time pressure just like more again it turns out maybe this is a good way for them to record they create a pretty tight straightforward album of simple somewhat poppy rock songs uh, even though apparently they went into it thinking, hey, we can experiment, we can be weird, we can do like funky soundtrack stuff. Not so much. The pressure got to them and they wrote good music on accident. Oh. So, Too yeah. bad, huh? Yeah. So, and this is where my pronunciation will be terrible. Uh, but they record the album at this famous chateau near Paris called. Uh-huh. So far, you're I'm doing not good. gonna. I'm not gonna attempt it in a French accent, but Heroville. Heroville. Ah, Heroville. Heroville. I know the H would at least be silent in France. Heroville. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. So, this chateau, apparently, uh, it's very old. Vincent van Gogh apparently painted it. Frederick Chopin lived there and supposedly had an affair with another man there. 
George Sand. Ooh, anyway. gay stuff? Yikes. So, a very famous chateau. In the late 60s, the owner of it built a recording studio in one wing of the house and set it up as like this live-in studio where musicians could fly out, they can live there because there's a bunch of bedrooms, there's a kitchen, they can cook or have someone cook for them, record all at this one location the on dream. this giant property. Yeah, it has 30 rooms, a swimming pool, a tennis court. Too many like, rooms, if you ask me. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, so they fly out there to record it. They end up recording in two weeks, one week in February and one week in March. Um, so not quite like more where they did it all together. But uh, also similar to more, though, they wrote and recorded it just all in the studio. They didn't come with any songs done mm-hmm. before they showed up. So, again, turns out it kind of works. So, uh, oh, some interesting stuff uh, about the Chateau Horville. Heroville. Um, okay, so there's a story. So lots of famous musicians recorded there, uh, including T-Rex, uh, David Bowie, 27 uh-huh. club member Chris Bell on his when you if you remember near the end of his sad sad life he went on a little European tour to try and shop his music over there and apparently ended up at Chateau Aeroville and did some recording there okay. uh, and then uh, I think maybe most famously Elton John well David Bowie recorded low there so that's obviously pretty famous that's pretty sick but then Elton John as well recorded three of his early 70s albums there, including, I never knew this till today, uh, Honky Chateau was named after Chateau Aeroville. And apparently kind of started after that, people started calling the recording studio Honky Chateau. Hmm. Or, yeah. So, And then, apparently, I just think you'll appreciate this. There's a story involving the Grateful Dead. Oh. They got so the Grateful there. Dead... This is just straight from the Chateau uh, Haroville Wikipedia page, so fuck you, iTunes guy who thinks we just read Wikipedia. Um, the Grateful Dead were there June 1971, and Jerry Garcia said that they went there to do a big free festival they were going to have, but it rained too much and the place flooded, uh, so they couldn't do the festival. But they stayed at the house, um, and they stayed at the house, and they had nothing to do, <laughs> so they decided... Oh, no, the festival wasn't at the Chateau, somewhere else. So they decided to put on their own festival at the Chateau um, and just playing to nobody. Like, they didn't have a crowd. So it was apparently just, like, townspeople from nearby uh, showed up, got drunk, fell in the pool, (laughs) had a great time. So the Grateful Dead, you know what? You can only say they knew how to have fun. There's another story about the Grateful Dead that I want to tell real quick. Do it. They're... um, sound engineer who had been their sound engineer since the beginning had to go to jail for some reason and they went and played a show at that jail oh and there's like clips from it and there's like 10 dudes in the audience but like they are having such a good time but like you know nobody in prison wants to listen to the grateful dead (laughs) yeah um but like they're having such a good time just fucking jamming up there and they're like sound guys like loving it but that's awesome. It's like, it was just for them, basically. That's fantastic. Uh, was that before or after our friend Pigpen died? I think much, like, way later. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, back to Pink Floyd. Um, also, as a bit of a prelude, again, to our next episode and then uh, all the future episodes, um, this is kind of worth marking 
for all intents and purposes, kind of the last Floyd album made with all four members contributing in a significant manner. Hmm. I think Dark Side will be that-ish. Yeah. And then we pretty, we enter a, a period of, I think, one person taking uh, over for not always the same album. person but like one person taking over the album process yeah hmm. okay. um so so that's kind of an interesting side note uh and then also the the close to the end of an era i think it's about going to be about halfway through the dark side of the moon era uh but we're very close to the end of an era of them all enjoying being in a band together <laughs> Good. And yeah. apparently, by all accounts, they were having a blast recording this soundtrack still. So, uh, so kind of nice, you know, getting to see the guys giggle. And it, it's kind of like when you watch the Let It Be documentary. We haven't brought that up in a minute. Yeah. Um, we're contractually obligated to every few episodes, of course. Uh, we do have a deal with Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, well, and we got paid yeah. by Magic Alex to keep bringing him up. Right. Yeah. So, kind of like that, when it's like, they are fighting, and then they do something really wholesome and fun, and they're all, like, giggling together or whatever, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, they are just the four lads from Liverpool. Which one of these guys loves naps? There's one in every band. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to say Roger. I feel like Roger, he is both the, like, kind of driving force, and he's the one who could be found napping the most. Yeah. He's just I think got so. them sleepy-looking eyes. Exactly. So, anyway, so they record this album. Uh, it ended up not being named La Valet or like music from the movie, you know. Yeah. But they had some weird dispute with the film company and with Pink Floyd's uh, EMI, I think, is who they're signed with at this point. So they put it out as Obscured by Clouds, which was the English title of the movie for like I think Western releases. So hmm. that's why it's called Obscured by Clouds. The album cover, once again, is a hypnosis joint. It is better than the cover from Moore, but not by much. Uh, because it is still just a still frame from the movie that they have altered slightly. <laughs> That's all it is. So if, if people remember more was like a kind of wide shot of the, the character, one of the characters, I think standing in front of a windmill in a big field. Yeah. And then they like colored, uh, what am I trying to say? They like color tinted it. So it was all orange and blue obscured by clouds. They took a still of one of the characters like climbing a tree and then just, uh, blurred it. Cool. Yep. Apparently, Barbet Schroeder claimed at one point that they didn't try very hard for the cover uh, because they were worried about Dark Side of the Moon being like they wanted that to be the cool cover coming out from Pink Floyd at the time. Yeah. Uh, to which I say to Barbet Schroeder, did you see what they did for more, though? They yeah. clearly don't try at all <laughs> for these movies. No. I'm surprised that this was a hypnosis joint, honestly. Yeah, well, same with more. Yeah. Like there's it's when they don't try, they really don't try. <laughs> and then when they try, they really try. So They could have put like a good cool font on it or something. I don't know. They almost could have done anything. Yeah. I will say though, <laughs> yeah, I like it. I I don't like it knowing the story behind it. Just as an album cover, I think it's pretty cool actually. I like it, but it's eh. it's really dumb once you know the quote-unquote work that was put into it. It's kind of like the Adam Hartmother one, actually, where it's like it's such a great album cover, and then once you hear that it's just literally that Storm Thorgerson was bored and got a picture of a cow because he didn't know what to do, you're like, oh well, this sucks. No, this is just to me that this made is just that stupid album cover now. better. That's so. Oh, funny. I think it's way worse because them being lazy is they're just as lazy as Pink Floyd. They're perfect <laughs> for each other. All right, final final notes before we get to our uh, track by track is. No Rolling Stone review for Obscured by Clouds. They totally skipped it, assholes. But we do have a Robert Christgau review. 
So let's go ahead and hear our, our theme, our review theme. Do you have the time written down? Yes, I do. Uh, 1.33. Excuse me, I keep burping. It's almost like drinking beer makes me do that. Before we get into the Robert Christgau review for uh, Obscured by Clouds, I was poking around the Robert Christgau website, which is just truly one of the great websites of all time. It's not only that it is that they kept all of his reviews and have digitized them, but then there's also just a bunch of weird other information. Like he, at some point in his in one of his record guides, like at some at certain points, he would put out full books of like record reviews. Um, so in the intro of one of these, he listed out what all of his grades mean. I don't think we've been reading the grades so far. I don't think we but have. he gives a he gives a letter grade at the end. So I'm gonna go ahead and read through what his grades mean. An A plus record is an organically conceived masterpiece that repays prolonged listening with new excitement and insight. It's unlikely to be marred by more than one merely ordinary cut. Okay. An A is a great record, both of whose sides offer enduring pleasure and surprise. You should own it. An A minus is a very good record. If one of its sides doesn't provide intense and consistent satisfaction, then both include several cuts that do. A B plus is a good record, at least one of whose sides can be played with lasting interest, and the other of which includes at least one enjoyable cut. A B is an admirable effort that aficionados of the style or artist will probably find quite listenable. A B minus is a competent or mildly interesting record that will usually feature at least three worthwhile cuts. Competent's a mean word to say when it comes yeah. to like art. A C plus is a not disreputable performance, most likely a failed experiment or a pleasant piece of hack work. <laughs> yeah, this is we're gonna start to get into the good stuff here. A C is a record of clear professionalism or barely discernible inspiration, but not both. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Uh, a C- is a regrettably successful exploitation or a basically honest but quite incompetent stab at something more. Wow. A D plus is an appalling piece of pimp work or a thoroughly botched <laughs> token of sincerity. Oh, this guy rules. It is impossible to understand why anyone would buy a D record. It is impossible to understand why anyone would release a D- record. <laughs> It is impossible to understand why anyone would cut an E-plus record. E-records are frequently cited as proof that there is no God. (laughs) An E-minus record is an organically conceived masterpiece that repays repeated listening with a sense of horror in the face of the void. It is unlikely to be marred by one listenable cut. (laughs) That's funny. Anyway, those are his reviews. Just to catch people up now, we have Pink Floyd... Adam Hart's mother got a D plus. Oof, pretty rough. It's an appalling piece of pimp work or a thoroughly botched token of sincerity. Yeah. Uh, Metal got a B minus. Pretty good. That's a competent or mildly interesting record that will usually feature at least three worthwhile cuts. I'd agree with yeah, that would for agree the most that. part. From what I remember. Um, and then Obscured by Clouds, our subject today. Uh, very occasional songs from the Barbet Schroeder film La Vallee. 
the movie got buried now skip the soundtrack c which is a record of clear professionalism or barely discernible inspiration but not both so anyway we will come back to those grades i'm definitely going to read those grade like read what the grade means every time short and snappy i love this guy that's too good yeah robert chris is the greatest of all time man he's incredible so anyway All all right so that has been our review uh, so we have a C grade. We'll see if we agree that it's about average. That would be about a five probably for us, so ish. Yeah, give or take. So, All right, well, let's go ahead and take a break and uh, come back to go track by track through the soundtrack album Obscured by Clouds. back to the pink floyd fellas if you're just tuning in which would be bizarre because it's a podcast um you know we are discussing obscured by clouds today yes we are oh pj's cat's making a run for it i didn't know i don't know where i didn't know he was in here (laughs) get down at least don't step on my stuff It's the most interesting stuff in the room, though. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and get to our track by track of Obscured by Clouds. Uh, so Obscured by Clouds was released, as we said, in June 1972. Uh, the album went to number six in the UK and number 46 in the US. Not terrible. Maybe the best they've done in the US so far. Yeah, it's been a minute. I boy. Usually we don't bring it up because it didn't chart so yeah so metal was number 70 uh adam Hartmother 55 mm-hmm. amagama 74 and you might be right here more didn't chart in the u.s saucer full didn't chart in the u.s yep that sounds right uh and Piper 131. So, yes, you're right, PJ. <clears throat> I'm so fucking smart. I don't... Everything I wonder if it's... Pink Floyd. I wonder if it's two things. First, I wonder if it's that they've been touring a lot. And so I wonder if it's just by virtue of them touring so much over the last few years, they've kind of built up a, enough name recognition. Um, I would say maybe the bad albums they put out in the past is maybe why the other ones didn't chart so good but i don't know maybe and then also i wonder if it's a little bit of an effect of this coming out right before dark side so then this is the one that like if you're just like well it's the most recent pink floyd album because i want to listen to more yeah not more not more listen to more music by them then you could do that so anyway uh they did release one single uh failed to chart in the u.s (laughs) uh they released the song free for uh failed to chart in the u.s uh, I think it was their first single released in the U.S. since the Sid Barrett days. That sounds um, 
right? Yeah. So. Anyway, so Obscured by Clouds. Let's go ahead and get into it. The first song on the album, Obscured by Clouds. Uh, this one's written by Raj and Davey. Which is a little bit strange because it's an instrumental and I feel like a lot of the like really noticeable instruments are the synths by Ricky and the electronic drums by Nikki, so Yeah. Like this is it's a pretty badass intro, I gotta say. I love that really chunky synth coming. It's giving in. me the wall vibes. Yeah, for real. It's very, I mean, it's cinematic. I mean, doi, it's a um, soundtrack, but it is very, yeah, cinematic. It's laying down a tone. Ooh. Fucking get Got it, Davey. to sit back at that guitar tone. That guitar tone's incredible. Yeah, I fuck with this. It's a good, it's a very good instrumental. If I went to any concert and they open with this i'd be like i'm in like this is yeah, great this would be a great you're right this would be a really good intro so i'm gonna go ahead and guess just based on the sound of it that this is a slide on his strat probably i doubt this is his pedal steel that just, sounds yeah it's not a pedal steel for sure right right so um yeah, I think this song rules. It's a really great guitar line. It's. I'm actually now trying to listen for if Roger even plays on this song. There isn't any bass so far. I don't think there is. Also, we'll talk about this a few times on this album, but this guitar line reminds me a little bit. It feels a little bit like a precursor to the Shine On You Crazy Diamond guitar line. Yeah, okay. Like, it's got kind of the same structure to it, I guess, a little bit to me, but, yeah. I would say skip, but I just don't want to miss any cool guitar stuff that's going to happen. But we could go ahead and get to When You're In, a band composition, uh, another instrumental. This is like an Edgar Winter group. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty funky little rock riff here. It is interesting how many instrumentals there are where like they didn't do that a ton on more. And when they did, it was a lot more, it felt like specific to like the scene where they would write an instrumental for this specific scene. Whereas this is more instrumentals that they just are playing as a band kind of, but yeah, it's pretty funky. My only real problem with this, it's got another great guitar line, which I'm going to say, I think on almost every single song, but it, it's a little bit samey. It's only two minutes and 20 seconds long, but even then it's kind of just this the whole time. Yeah. It's the most rock they've ever sounded. Yeah. Well, some parts of more where they some did like parts, that hard rock stuff. But yeah, yeah, but 
That Oregon dude. Fuck yeah. So far, two bangers straight out the gate. Yeah, it's pretty good. And for instrumentals, too, like, to start with... Uh, this isn't weird for Pink Floyd, but just in general, starting with, like, over five minutes of two instrumental songs and, and then both rocking. So let's... Pink Floyd being well, good for like two songs now. in a row is, like, pretty strange, so... We'll get to Burning Bridges next. Uh, this is written by uh, Ricky and Raj. Uh, it's sung by Rick and Davey. This sounds like um, a song that they do later. What am I thinking? Is it Shine On You? No. This is very um, reminiscent of a future yeah. song of theirs. The bass line on this song to me is not fantastic, but it's just recorded really well. The bass tone on this album is so incredible. It's like, it's, yeah, really fantastic to listen to. It's, mm, so. is this a crazy statement I'm about to make? This is the most well-mixed album they've done. And you can it al- might be. already yeah. tell that on the first three It's pretty songs. incredible. Yeah. And it was mixed by their road manager, of all things. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Who's singing right now? That's. Um, I'm pretty sure this is Davey and Rick started. <laughs> Davey's got a bad voice. He's singing too low. Yeah. Because he sounds. Or maybe it's opposite then. Maybe this is Ricky and he's singing too low. I've. No, Ricky would always be singing higher. Yeah. Ricky's got more of a falsetto. That voice is a real stinker on this song. I think this is one of the weaker songs for me personally. I like it. I don't love it, though. And it's like, it's too early in the album for this kind of slow song. The guitar solo, again, though, is really nice. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like some of their earlier stuff. Um, yeah, not this in a bad way in. necessarily, but yeah. it is kind of like... This could be know. like a B-side off Adam Hart and others. Yeah. But that slide. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. All right, let's go ahead and get to the gold. It's in the dot, dot, dot. Talking about them playing some rock music. I know, dude. Uh, so this was written by Raj and Davey. I think Raj on the lyrics and Davey on the melody, sung by Davey. And Davey also maybe played bass on this song? Unclear. My book uh, says that maybe. They're doing southern rock fills? Yeah, man. And his voice is top-notch here, too. Very good. Yeah. Like, he's always been good, but it feels like he's warming up for the dark side of the moon, so. Yeah, this song fucking rules. Once again, though, a random fill from Nikki. Like, I said this on an earlier show where it's like one time per album you go, does he know how to play drums? That sounds like if I tried to play that fill. It's really bad. He's not good at fills. It's strange, he yeah. Can, he can get a groove going. Fills are not yeah. his forte. Yeah. It's, it's not whiplash, damn it. <laughs> this doesn't sound like Pink Floyd, you know? 
Yeah, like in a very like good way. They're just yeah. like so out of their usual element. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah, dude. And then what? What's the timestamp right now? We're at one twenty-two. We got one forty-five okay. left. Yeah. Okay. I'm like they. I forget exactly. They might end with all guitar. David solo. Gilmore can play any genre of guitar, and he can do it at the top of it, the yeah. game. You know. It's pretty amazing. And then here he just plays like three solos in a row. It's so great. Yeah, it was a pretty weak so a weak fill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't listen too careful. Whenever we get to 228, there's a really great bass line, which if it's Davey playing the bass, then I'm even more impressed. This is one of my favorite guitar solos on the album. This specific part is so great. It's sliding it's all the way too. back up, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. All right, we are at 228 now. He like flips it's into good. a little walking baseline in the background out of nowhere just for like three bars. It's so it's so great. What have I said? What have I said for the last four <laughs> albums? I was like, weirdly, I think they'd make a great southern rock band. And <laughs> yeah, I was fucking right. right. I didn't even know yeah. this was coming. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Alright, so now let's get to what's other deal. This is another Davy Rods deal? joint, again sung by Davy. And I don't know if I'm gonna talk a lot during this song. This is one of those you just wanna listen to. Obviously a little bit of a precursor to um Wish You Were Here. Yeah. This song's gorgeous. It is one of my favorite songs of all time, I will say. And definitely in my top three Pink Floyd songs, unless there's something off Endless River that takes it away. Their road manager mixing this is insane to me, because it's mixed so well. Again, I kind of feel like we got a credit to them just being on the road so much during this time period where he just must know them really well and know their sound and all that, you know, yeah. intimately. How, how, how did they go from uh, recording fucking um, um, why can I not remember it? Uh, metal to this yeah how how it's pretty wild man this this really is one too that just comes out of absolutely nowhere they have a weird way of doing that with their ballads because they had the amazing ballad on metal actually they had a bunch of amazing ballads on more they have one coming up that i just referenced wish you were here yeah. like they really can pull off an acoustic ballad like nobody's business and this song it just the melody is so gorgeous. I love the lyrics. Our Raj does well on lyrics overall, but these are some of my favorite Roger lyrics. Um, they're maybe about Sid. They also could just be about anyone kind of in a relationship with someone and trying to like figure stuff out. And 
the you know pleasure and pain of a relationship. I'm gonna go back for a second because I'm a sucker for this vocal thing in songs. I don't remember what I heard, but I it was like all right. very Paul McCartney esque, and mm, yeah, there was a great whoever's doing the backing vocals, maybe just Davey Doubletrack yeah. did a really nice harmony. But um, and then this piano, this piano solo is like Rick's proving his worth for the entire band right yeah. here. It's God damn it, it's so good. And then we finally get, you mentioned it earlier, you want a really sweet side slide solo. Davey heard ya. He's he's gonna bring it. Damn it. Like, those are two of the best solos they've ever recorded, and they just did them back to back on this random ballad on a fucking soundtrack for a movie no one saw. (laughs) In their career, they have played their five best solos on this album that they, yeah, yeah, weirdly for no reason recorded for a movie. Really wild. Yeah, that's just such a great guitar solo. It's also probably one of the only, like, truly great guitar solos that's really just the melody. Yeah. But, like, somehow the pedal steel pulls so much emotion out of it. Yes, yeah. and Davey pulls so much emotion out. He's of an incredible pedal steel player. Yeah. And then we get to one of my favorite lyrics just ever, coming up, at the last chorus. Come. This part. It's just Roger. You know what? For all of his, <laughs> for all of his, but actually, bro, faults. God damn it, can he write some amazing lyrics? Or could, at some point at least. Alright, well, now that perfection is out of the way, we move on to the back half of the record. Mud Men is the first song, written by Ricky and Davey. It's an instrumental adaption of Burning Bridges. So not tons new here, although I believe there is, again, a pretty sick guitar solo. (laughs) And the piano is recorded very well on this song. I mean, on this whole album, but it's just, it's so well done. It's so well produced. Wild. Wild that it was their road manager and it's just some fucking movie soundtrack they did. Right. And this is so um, 
uh, not Pink Floydy, of course it is. Um, uh, Dark Side of the Moony, like the swells. Mm. Yeah, it's not quite the tone, but like. Drumming's not amazing. <laughs> it's really not. Let's see. How much is left on this song? Three minutes. Why don't you skip to like a minute and a half left? I just can't remember if there's a guitar solo. Oh yeah. That's right, with the echo or the delay on it. It's so great. This very George Harrison y tone. Yeah. Yeah, the drumming's not Ooh. very good. But this part is awesome. He's making the organ sound like a choir. Yeah. Well, you just hit the choir setting. Oh, yeah. I think it's pretty straightforward. Actually, I take it back. This is one of the solos that I don't like very much on this album. It doesn't quite do it for me. I think it works within the context of the song. I don't think it's like a solo that I would point to as being an amazing solo. Yeah. All right. Childhood's End. This one was written and sung all by Davey. Uh, once again, when we get to it, fantastic guitar solo. It's a slow intro one, though. This isn't going to meet your criteria, I don't think, but it's worth it when we get there. I'm willing to set that aside because the rest of this album has been pretty good. If they do one on an album, fine, you know. Don't do ten in a row, then all fucking twelve minute intros. very long intro also this is very much a prototype for time on the next album it's like extremely similar yeah there we go now we're into it God, those vocals are recorded so well. 
Yeah, he's really great. Yeah, this is like a precursor to time for sure. Yeah. It's good. It's pretty fantastic, man. And we definitely gotta wait for this guitar solo because he goes. Oh, yeah. He kind of goes off. Once again, he does the fun thing where he does like two solos in a row too, because this is going to kick into a whole new section in a minute. I guess it'll in the second solo. I swear I listened to this. I don't know. So good, dude. All right, I'm getting to free four. This was written and sung all by Roger. cheery like it, it's kind of out of place it it's is like very octopus's cheery. garden being on abbey road you know it's just like weirdly out of place yeah if it helps the lyrics are really depressing mm-hmm. so
the vocals are just really happy. And I love so the weird. feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is strange, for sure. I can see why it failed as a single. Yeah. Because it's just like, it just doesn't quite work. If you listen to it for more than two seconds, you realize it's so depressing. All of the lyrics. So no matter how good it is, musically. I love those fucking guitar fills. Yeah. They're really great. <laughs> yeah, what a dark song. Not my favorite solo again. It's it's okay, but All right, let's go ahead and get to Stay. Uh, this one was written by Raj and Ricky and sung by Ricky. Really great wah pedal guitar yeah. on this song, and we're going to get an even better solo later, but... Love. That's what you keep telling me. <laughs> it's it always happens. It's not wrong. The whole album you could just be saying, Oh, the next solo though, it's so good. Stay and help me to end the day. Mm. <clears throat> On the vocals. Uh, I think it's fine. It's not the strongest, but I think Ricky does a fine job. This one was fine. I don't hate it. It's a little boring no. up top. I agree. The best part of it is the wah guitar. Yeah. Uh, like, that makes the song. If, if the guitar wasn't anything special, it would be a pretty boring song. Yeah, I think that's a fair assertion. Through my morning eyes, 
Yeah, I mean, the slide guitar and the wah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Otherwise, this song is, like, not the best. It's fine. No, I wish I wrote down. I should have written down when the solo started. It's probably after this chorus, but... You never know with Floyd. They're always doing stuff out of order. <laughs> so weird. Here we go. Oh, I like that. Let's go ahead and get to the last song. Absolutely. Kurt. This is a slow fade in, if you didn't realize that already. How slow of a fade in? Pretty fucking slow. Yeah. kind of agree with me now Well, we can probably start talking about our thoughts on um, Obscured by Clouds. Obscured by Clouds. Yeah. Well, what do you think, PJ? Best album they've done so far. Damn. All right. Yeah. Um, there's not a single... Well, maybe this one, because this one kind of <laughs> sucks. But... Um, the rest of them, even the ones that are, like, not the greatest, at least have, like, a good slide part or a good, like, guitar part or a good organ part. There's something yeah. redeeming about every single song on the album. And that A-side, beautiful. Yeah. What a great yeah. A-side. Um, it's pretty perfect. Yeah. If it was, like, an EP and it just had that A-side, 9 out of 10 minimum, right? Yeah. Um, and then the back half is still good. It's just not as intriguing. They, I mean, yeah. there's a few fucking jams on it, but, um, you know, this song isn't good. 
<laughs> no, it's not. Uh, Could have left that one off. If they left yeah. this one off, I think it would have gotten a higher rating in my book. But, yeah, a good album. The yeah. first time I've like been listening to Pink Floyd, and I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I... I'm glad this album holds up for me. It had been a little bit since I'd listened to it. When I got really into Pink Floyd back in the day, this one was always kind of my sleeper favorite where like, it's not their best objectively, but it was always, I loved being able to pull this one out to be like, I mean, like, I know you kind of probably like Pink Floyd, but have you heard Obscured by Clouds? Cause like, it's very overlooked and way better than it has any right to be. Yeah. Um, as this weird soundtrack album that came out right before dark side of the moon. And they dashed off really quick for like, yeah, without caring really at all. It doesn't seem like so. And like I said, when we were listening to what's the deal, it's got my potentially favorite pink Floyd song on it, or at least in my top three. So, so yeah, this has always been a favorite of mine. I'm glad it holds up. It really does, I think, hold up. It's pretty fantastic. The I will say the the opening instrumentals, even though I like them, those and then the ending instrumental, like it's they're not my favorite. None of the instrumentals are that amazing to me. Yeah. And so like there are parts of this album I don't like that much, but I think just purely on the strength of what's the deal the gold it's in the in childhood's end yeah it's i i it gets bumped up a lot yeah for sure because i'll never stop listening to this album purely just for those three so and the rest of it's good enough that i'm not just gonna pull those off to like put on a playlist you know yeah so so truly a bop dude truly it is and then it ends with this like yeah i think aboriginal song i'm guessing based on the context of the movie Oh, that would make sense. I was like, why do you think yeah. that? But yep, I forgot about It's the kind of a funny thing. um it's kind of a funny ending, especially if you're thinking about like the vinyl way of just like you leave the album going and you like maybe walk out of the room after childhood ends or something and then come back and you're like, Is this the same record? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> so in that way I think it's funny. I don't think they meant to do that at all, but oh, I would doubt it. They're not really funny guys. Well, PJ, do you remember when they thought they should bring some household implements and make some music out of them? That was pretty... That was a crack up. Oh, yeah. I busted my gut. (laughs) So, I'm going to go ahead and rate Obscured by Clouds an 8 out of 10. I'm I'm right up there with you. 8 out of 10. Damn. Woo. Yeah. It's a good listen. I'm so happy. Yeah. This is the one... After the first couple albums, when it was terrible, you this is the one I kept referencing. In there. Of like, you told me. And you know what? I forgot about We used this term a while ago, and I, I forgot about it. But I'm going to go ahead and give this the official stamp. This is Killer Floyd music. Killer Floyd Hell music, yeah. baby. Killer Floyd. Yeah, I think it's All good. Right. I think it's, it's great. It's fantastic. It's such a weird, especially with how tied in it is to Dark Side of the Moon. It's so strange that it's good and that it's like it's it might be in like their top five albums by the time we're done we don't know for sure but it's very possible it's going to be in the top five pink floyd albums yeah um which is a wild thought truly so yeah but it's good man it is good so everyone if you didn't before this episode go listen to obscured by clouds because it's fucking great 
and uh, it's quite good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so. you you kind of basically we barely talked over it, so that's true. We did just basically play it. That's how you know it's really really good. And you know, I think it was a good time to take a summer vacation, Pete, because we came back on a fucking good note. That's true. We came back on a high note, and it's only going to get higher from here on out. Just like Pink Floyd, so. baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, or should um, I say, just like Pete listening to Pink Floyd. Exactly. That's true. That's funny. Because we're going to take edibles and listen to Dark Side of the Moon. If we're going to do that, we should probably take edibles to watch Dark Side of the Rainbow, right? What's that? That's the like official oh, version where right. they sync up the album with the, the movie. That's their third soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or fourth, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to Pink Floyd Fellas. We'll see you literally next time on the dark side of that moon. Yeah. I, uh, we keep saying it, but we're actually going to do it this time. The other side of the moon, baby. Unless we decide to take another summer break. End of yeah, there might. Break, yeah. It's yeah. I will say no promises till like September that we're gonna really be back in earnest, but we're gonna try our hardest. So yeah, well, I'll try yeah. medium hard, but <laughs> yeah, Melanie's sick of hearing that. She hates when medium, I make it's it. It's kind of medium yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm pushing rope. It's like I'm pushing <laughs> rope with hairspray on it. You know, okay. just a little harder. All right. I'll see you on the other side of that rainbow. Bye-bye. Oh, go listen to our other podcast. Hmm. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Email us at Beach Boys. We've ended the show so many times, I'm forgetting how to do it. Yeah. Here, we'll do this one more time, Pete. So, PJ, I'll see you on the other side of that moon. And I'll see you on – well – Okay, well, we got to – Do we start – how do we – We usually say our names. We can't end the show. We ended it too many times. I've been Pete. Well, we usually say, PJ. yeah, there we go. Well, I got to play the music Email first. Us, wait, wait, wait. Listen yeah. to our other show. Okay. Right, right, right. Okay. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. Well, this has been the Pink Floyd Fellas. I've been Pete. And I've been PJ. And uh, we'll see you on the other side of that moon. Go listen to our, we fucked it up again. Yeah, we right, did. One more time. So we need okay. to do that before, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, okay. And we'll say, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Here, okay. You st- I'll play we'll the music you started. Okay, okay. There we go. Okay. Uh, so that's been Pink Floyd, fellas. Uh, go ahead and check out our other podcast, Fake Bands Real Music. Email us at beachboysboys at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see ya. Or, and that's been it for the show. I've been Pete. And I've been PJ. And we only fumbled up a little bit there. I'll, yeah, I'll see you on the other side of that sun. Oh, oh no. And uh, the show. A Beach Boys Boys production.